You're listening to the Ontos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories in the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Mac. And I'm Vaughn. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. <laughs> the Lord Ruler didn't just forbid certain technologies. He suppressed technological advancement completely. It seemed odd now that during the entirety of his thousand-year reign, very little progress was made. Farming techniques, architectural methods, even fashion remained remarkably stable during the Lord Ruler's reign. He constructed his perfect empire, then he tried to make it stay that way. For the most part, he was successful. Pocket watches, another Hellenic appropriation, uh, that were made in the 10th century of the empire, were nearly identical to those made during the first. Everything stayed the same, until it all collapsed, of course. Originally, men assumed that Rashik's persecution of the terrorist religion came from hatred. Yet now that we know that Rashik was himself a terrorist man, his destruction of that religion seemed odd. I suspect it had something to do with the prophecies about the hero of ages. Rashik knew that preservation's power would eventually return to the well of ascension. If the terrorist religion had been allowed to survive, then perhaps someday a person would find their way to the well and take up the power, then use it to defeat Rashik and overthrow his empire. So he obscured the knowledge of the hero and what he was supposed to do, hoping to keep the secret of the well to himself. There we go. That was one of the biggest questions, right? Like, and we were, it was already hinted at that that was potentially the answer, but that was one of the bigger questions we had was like, if the Lord Ruler was a terrorist man, right, and we, we learned from the Alindi's logbook that he didn't like Hellenium, why the heck did he prosecute the terrorist people so freaking hard? Well, and it makes sense, like, you, like, okay, I have these religions, they all, are, I don't know if any of them are actually true or manipulated by ruin, and I know for a fact that he's going to try to, you know, do manipulate these religions in some way, so I need to get rid of all of them, mm-hmm. you know, and I need to control the only one. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. And the whole and the and the religion being the steel ministry, all their doctrines, including Quan's writings, are in steel. And so he's like, "This is one that all the teachings are coming from words in steel mm-hmm. and me." So, all right, it makes sense. It makes sense. So, chapter twenty nine. Um. I think you mentioned this a little earlier. Some quick uh, future gazing here, but nothing major. Says it uh, actually brings up at this point in this chapter that the cities were not allowed walls, and you actually reminded me of that. Cities were not the only, ooh, the only uh, city here that was uh, that was allowed uh, to have the wall was Lufidel, and it was for that reason. And funny enough, I think it's so insane that that little oversight by the Lord Ruler is actually what brought Sazed into this mix altogether. He explains how he goes, at one point I questioned why Lufidel was the only one to have walls. Then I realized it was the Lord Ruler prevented it. And then I made the connection with that was, that means the Lord Ruler thought he could potentially be beaten if he was giving, you know, he was giving, allowing other towns, cities to have defenses. And that's what caused me to rebel. Mm. Was the fact that he showed weakness and it it was so slight, but it was big enough here that he was able to notice it. Right. So, um, yeah. Anyway, Captain Gorodel keeps calling, uh, you know, call Caesar a master keeper, which I think is pretty interesting here. Right. Calling Caesar a master keeper is pretty cool. Um, but the citizen, they arrive in Ordell and the citizen immediately wants to, uh, wants to hear or wants to meet with Caesar. 
So the citizen Quillian is talking to Sazed here, and he's like, I don't want to be ruled by a nobleman. Ellen Venture is a tyrant. And he and Sazed's like, no, he's not. And he goes, well, hasn't he been conquering everyone? And Sazed's like, uh, yeah, but. And then he goes, did did we follow the survivor here? Did the survivor ever preach a, a, a preach of peace? And Sazed's like, um, no. <laughs> and he's like, well, then uh, he, pe- he preached of nobleman brutality, you know? We've killed all the noblemen. In fact, I would have killed you without even talking to you if you weren't a terraceman who was a, you know, a servant. And says it's just like at every point's going like, all right, I hear you. You're making points. <laughs> you're you're making all accurate points up to this point. Well, that doesn't mean anything. And he ultimately says the same thing. You need us. And the citizen's like, get out. And says it's like, hey, I'd like to stay here. And sounds like, what? He goes, uh, I mean, you'd sneak back anyway. Fine, you can stay here. And so he's like, "Cool, I'll come back to talk to you later." He's like, "No, you won't." Yeah, I will. And they leave. So you missed the best part. What's the best part? Where he outs Breeze. Oh, oh! And he he my comes out. Gosh. And he goes, "Go ahead." Didn't you guys? Do you guys feel how ashamed you you are right now? Mm-hmm. It's because that guy is manipulating our emotions. And then he's like, "Huh, very good." But are you ever going to wonder why I manipulated to say that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> say that. <laughs> You know, he awkward silence, and they're all like, what is that? <laughs> I, I thought that was hilarious. You're right, I did miss that. And yeah, this guy's a big part. phony. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, cotton 4k. Uh, all right, so you know, Sazed points out that the world's ending and the citizen kicks him out, but agrees that he can stay in the city. We're back at that point, so Sazed. Uh, knows that they're not going to have an easy time convincing the citizen because they are pretty stuck in their ways here. Like in all the other places they were in, basically oppressed, you know, you know, having issues or everything, an active rebellion or revolt. And that's why they had such an easy time quelling them. In this case, the revolt already happened and was successful. And so he's like, it's going to be a lot harder to, to get this guy out because the revolt already happened. And... They're talking and they see like a bonfire going on and a soldier points out that like, oh, they're just burning things. They're probably doing it as a show because you're here now. And uh, he goes, wait, what? I know that voice. Oh, Spook. And Spook is here. Spook takes them to the the canton of Inquisition in the city and is like, hey, this is going to be our base. And this is where the cash is. And we learn that the cash is still here. Vin had just visited it by herself and confirmed it was there. And they knew they had it there and they knew it wasn't going to be found. So they haven't gone to grab anything from it yet, obviously. But they are there now, and they're going to use that as a base of operations. And Spook here is thinking like a tactical genius, because he's like, we have 200 soldiers. This is a very easily defendable building. If they were to ever pull something on us, we could literally stay in here and indefinitely live in here. If they try to burn it down, we just go down into the we just go down to the thing. Like No matter what they do, we can just like infinitely stay here because of how much food and everything is saved up. And so they're taking him through and says the thing that says notices two things. He's talking to breezing goes, wow, he sees spook seems really confident. And then they're, they're like pulling boards off and spooks over here, like using his pinky to pull boards off essentially. And says, like, he must be working out. Yeah. He must be working out. Cause like, I know like, I, I, what do you say? Basically says, says something along the lines of like, I'm no slouch <laughs> and I'm struggling to pull these off, you know? And so, but then they eventually go down. They realize the cash is good. And Spook mentions that he thinks that they're going to need a rebellion to get rid of this rebellion, which is, ooh, like you mentioned previously, 
that sounds like a Kelsier moment right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he points out the building's perfect to defend, and they realize, you know, Breeze, it ends here. We don't know exactly how it is, but it says it's like, is that running water? And Breeze looks up, and we don't get to see what Breeze sees, but Breeze just says, well, it looks like we understand now where all the water went. And that's the end of chapter 29. Chapter 30. We have another Ellen point of view, and it's like Ellen's trying to, like, talk to the group and see if they're going to talk him out of going. But the group's like, nah. Ellen's like, so you're not going to talk us out of going? You know, smack dab into the middle of a ball. And Ham's like, eh, you went to the stress camp and came back fine. You weren't even a misborn. <laughs> and so, like, there's, like, it's funny. Like, that's such a Ham thing to say, right? Ham, you know, we've just noticed Ham responds to strength, which would make sense. He's a pewter. He's a thug, right? He responds to strength. You're strong enough to protect yourself? Cool. And, you know, he's not simple-minded, but that is a a slightly simple way to look at things. Oh, you, you dude, he thinks you're a misborn now. He goes, you can take care of yourself, man. You're a misborn. Why, why do I need to worry about you now? You know, but I think the fun thing here is that they're ready to go. And ham is going back to some logic puzzles and set goes like, so, uh, Ellen, Vin, when you die, am I in charge? And Ellen's like, wait, when we die? And he goes, okay, if you die, <laughs> <laughs> am I in charge? And they go, no, we, you know, says it would become empire after both of us. He goes, or our emperor. And he goes, Oh, but I would be in charge of the army here because Sazen's not here. And he goes, yes. And Seth's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of, <laughs> thinking of a, what is it, Napoleon Dynamite? Napoleon Dynamite. Yes. <laughs> um, fun fact, I've never seen Napoleon Dynamite. I just know the memes. Oh, okay. Um, it's all memes anyway. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, so that's going on. And Ham's like looking like, what the heck, man? And he's like, well, li- listen, all right. Seth's Ellen's like, I don't think Seth's actually a bad man. You know, like. I think it's kind of like you said in like a previous episode, like he's not a great man. He's not a bad man. He has a set of principles that he follows. And Ellen believes that those principles, if he were to be gone would be the most valuable for leading the army at that point. And so, uh, yeah, that's what's going on there. And then they, uh, they go to leave and set <laughs> ham. So, uh, you can't move, right? Cause your legs don't work. I got some puzzles for you, <laughs> sir. <laughs> But yeah, basically uh, starts torturing Set with puzzles. But um, anyway, they they leave and they jump and Vin's like thinking about it. And she goes, should we like jump far away? Should we sneak up? Nah, they land smack dab in the center of the courtyard where the ball is occurring and just like walk up. And as they go to walk up, the people at the door are like, and Ellen does the classic jock move and just shoves the freaking guy out of the way with Peter and just walks in. Mm hmm. And when they walk in, they hand him like a card or something, right? I think did they hand him something or did they just recognize them? I can't remember whether they handed the the announcer something or that he recognized them. But Ellen gave him look like you know who we are, mm-hmm. and the guys like, and then the guy announces, so, you know, this is Ellen Venture, Emperor or whatever, and this is um and this is Vin, and he says like uh heir to the survivor and the hero of ages, which mm-hmm. is why I was like, wait a second, did he hand him something to say that, or did I? Or do they just like the everything spreading like that? but they're announced they walk in yeoman's like uh what's going on here and ellen's like let's give him a moment i'm gonna go talk to other people like he actually doesn't matter and then we'll come back and talk to him after he's gotten used to us being here and we just get vin's point of view where she goes and she just goes where's the lady shan where's shan where's shan oh there's the shan of this court and walks straight to it and goes walk straight to the person in prison and smacks the biggest person in prison right mm-hmm. he goes straight to the bigot the the girl who has the most influence in pool and basically goes in and tells all of her little lackeys uh she's planning on running 
I know this because she's a very powerful person. Why would she stay here? And then when the lady tries to refute her, he go, she looks and goes, you're not stupid. You know exactly who I am. You know exactly what me and my husband brought here. You know that we're both misborn. You know that this city is going to fall. So why would you be here? You wouldn't be. You're ready to run. You're probably going to run after this, after this ball, before the attack happens. And her whole goal is just to establish herself to pick a side because in her eyes, she's like, there's two sides here. There are the sides that are going to stay and support Yeoman and the sides that are going to betray Yeoman that would leave him uh, and help them if they had a chance. And she just basically said by making that statement, we're here to conquer and basically opening the door to anyone who wants to betray Yeoman to come to her and come to Ellen and actually talk to them about, you know, switching sides essentially. And uh, she goes to walk away and the entire posse leaves. That girl comes over and goes, can we start making introductions for you to people? And that's where we're ending with chapter 30. Yeah, I thought it was kind of hilarious that we see Vin like in her final form. You know, <laughs> she comes in and she's takes all the things that she knew as Villette and then like just railroads her. And is like, look, we're we are here to warn. We're not here to make alliances. We're not here to ask for favors. We're not here for any of that stuff. We're telling you what is coming, yeah. and that's it. You know, um, which I thought was really, really the, effective. The question is not whether or not we are going to conquer you. The question is, are you going to stand in our way? Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but I mean, this this are all really, really interesting power plays because even like the citizen. Um, doesn't really get uh, phased by either Sazed or Breeze. You know, mm. just outs Breeze right out the, right out the gate. Um, and Breeze, you know, he he handles it pretty well, but he's kind of on his back foot, you know, the whole time. Um, and then we had the same thing with um, uh, with Vin. Like, well, I mean, Vin handles her play, place very very well. But I thought this these these couple chapters were actually pretty comical. You know, when it's all said and done. Um, the third cache, you know, we find out how it holds a bunch of water, which they were said like a hundred years ago, the water just went poof. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. You know, of all the caches, we probably should hold on to some water. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of like ricocheting all, all over, all over here. Give me some structure. So I think the big thing here is like, to me, this feels like we're hitting the peak of the setup, right? Like if, if, if. If the if Hero of Ages is a roller coaster, only in the sense that there's climax, then res resolution, climax, then resolution, and you have to just build up to the next really cool climatic, uh, uh, climactic point and stuff like that, we are getting, I think, very close to the peak here. We are getting to, at least with Fadric City, right? They're there. They're ready to go. This is, in Ellen's view, this is his last-ditch effort to prevent an all-out battle. And so to him, this is the one of the most important nights possible. He needs Yeoman to listen to him. Because if he doesn't, he said it straightforward. I will do what's best for the kingdom. And we know that the assassinate empire. Uh, the empire. And we know assassination is not off the table. Right. And this actually, they, it's funny that they brought up that it's like Straff. Because this is very similar, right? Him walking in, he's mm -hmm. trying to do something. And we all know how that turned out. Um, mm -hmm. but what's, it is, is kind of cool that we're also seeing the end game of everything else. Like we're seeing Vince in Well of Ascension. She basically didn't use any of the skills or not very many of the skills that she learned as, you know, in with the crew, but here she's busting them all out again. You know, her, you know, ability to go to the ball. They, she talks about how 
everyone is you know being so nice and they curtsy and they do all these things with the court and she knows this stuff only because she was taught all of that in mm-hmm. final empire and she knows how the most effective way to shatter that is which we we see it right here right we see her completely dismantle someone who probably spent years and years in the court to get to that point she dismantles all of that person's credibility in a matter of minutes. And the other thing is that this is this is like a cousin to Chandelarial. And she goes, yeah, she was a really good misborn, quite a good fighter. Anyway. Until I, <laughs> until I killed her. And she's like, you, <laughs> yeah. may, you may not believe any of the stories. You may think that yada, 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 yada. That doesn't matter because we're still going to come here and we're going to conquer you. And they're like, well, you're just here to because you could if you could have done it, you would have done it. No, no. I'm telling you, we're giving you a chance to run. That's basically like, as you said, we're going to come in here. We're going to do it. It's just whether or not you're going to be in the way, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then she, when she walked away, she's expecting like some sort of negative thing. And they're all like, um, would you, would you like to be introduced to some people? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so it works very, very effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's other, the other thing is she full out on used her emotional malamancy. So she, they knew that they, she was messing with them. Yeah. She learned that from how she dealt with Straff. She just was like, I'm not going to be subtle like Breeze. I want them to know they're under my finger right right and so uh it it is just kind of a fun little little power play um and i thought again the other hilarious thing was as you pointed out when set gets stuck with ham uh because (laughs) he can't move yeah that one was that one was just funny so i think the last thing i want to talk about here because i think this is relatively short again because i think we've hit the peak of the climb and we're about to go into the next arc here and kind of have the full on uh, the mini Sanderlanch before we get to the big one. Right. And the last thing I want to talk about here is something that is just kind of thrown away, but I pointed out and I'm just like, I'm kind of afraid because we know how Kelsier acted. Spook just has to throw away line of like, I think we're going to need a rebellion to get rid of this rebellion. And I just went like my head, that was just a head turn moment where I was like, wait a second. You know, no one said that, you know, no one would, you know, you know, what is it? Ellen wasn't like, go to stabilize the government, <laughs> you know, yeah. and bring a, bring a rebellion about it. He was just like, let them know it's the pen or the sword. It's one or the other. You know, Spook's like, we're just going to overthrow everything over here. And that's concerning because it's kind of like the buildup we saw uh, we saw with Kelsier in the first book where people kept getting concerned because he kept playing himself up, you know, as this religious figure. We kept getting, he in he preached, you know, death to all the nobles. And the scary part about this, right, is this is the parallel. This is the city that listened to Kelsier 100%. We know by the end of Kelsier's death that at least what he was preaching up to that point, he didn't believe all of it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like there, he, he, he still believed most of it, but he was at least probably like, maybe they all don't deserve to die. And he had made that leap, but his preaching hadn't, because he made that leap right before he died. Right. And so all the preaching he had before that, this is, we're seeing in Orto what happens when we have a full-on Kelsier-led rebellion, essentially, in spirit, obviously. Kelsier-led rebellion here of how it would have turned out. And it's the slaughtering of all the noblemen, of anyone noble. It's the complete and utter... Uh, suppression of the noble culture that was going on and even up to this point um it is bad enough that that it's deep rooted in this in this sort of hatred and now we're seeing spook go we need a rebellion to overthrow that well what the heck is going to go on now where where do you go with another lead rebellion in the sound like this well and that's the other thing is that this is actually kind of like to the final this is like the extreme end of everything kelsier taught he's absolutely right 
he's like he never taught peace he never taught like all this other you know you know hoity toity uh you know lovey-dovey stuff and even in well of ascension ellen was like you know he doesn't want anyone to be poor or whatever like that well this was like the equivalent of that everyone has you know nothing you know essentially mm-hmm. it's like well no one's rich and no one's poor mm-hmm. kind of thing um and and there's like supposed to be a selling point when it comes to all that kind of stuff. But that was even what they said. Like everyone, you can drink the the, the, the most fine wine because it's nothing is overly expensive. Um, but you also can't wear anything nice because, you know, no one can wear anything nice or whatever. Um, so like this is kind of like the end game of what Kelsier was preaching. Uh, so I think it's kind of interesting that we get to see that. Like, I never really thought of this like, this when I first read it like that. But that is exactly what we're looking at here. He is preaching the absolute, you know, core to what uh, Kelsier was coming out and saying. Um, so that was just kind of an interesting point. Yeah, and really, that's all I have to say about that. Like, that's a pretty decent conclusion for the week. Like I said, moving forward, though, I was noticing chapters keep getting a little bit shorter and shorter. Because they're very punchy and they're jumping between lots of point of view. So you can probably expect that at a minimum going forward, we're probably going to be looking at three episodes uh, or three chapters per episode going forward. Unless we get like two meaty chapters in a row. So moving forward, I'm super excited that please join us next week for more of uh, Brandon Sanderson's The Hero of Ages. Hey everyone, Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.